Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead Podcast. We're your host, Lisa. And Kevin. And on today's episode, we are talking about how to move a homestead. So let's get started. Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead. Come along with us on our journey from a small suburban homestead lifestyle to our new lifestyle homesteading in the rural countryside of Southern Arizona. We'll share with you our tips, tricks, successes, and failures from both our past suburban lifestyle to our new rural lifestyle, all on the Two Acre Homestead. Welcome back. Kevin, how are you doing? I guess I'm holding up. (laughs) That's good. So am I. (laughs) Well, we have, this is a really large topic that we're going to try to condense in a short amount of time. Um, But before we get into that, I did want to address a question that I thought just really segued perfectly into this conversation. And it was an email um, that a listener had sent me. And I am keeping this person's name um, and most of what they put here in the email, um, the particulars, I'm I'm keeping that to myself um, for their privacy's sake. But I think the concept of the question is really great. And basically, this person is interested in moving to the state of Arizona. And they are, I'm just going to make up a number, they're looking at buying um about 80 acres. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say how much it's for, but their question was any thoughts in particular on the St. John's area when it comes to homesteading and what should I look for when purchasing land for homesteading? I thought this was just a really good question because a lot of people are looking to move um, from the country or from the cities into uh, the country. And we decided that I would be the one to answer this question directly. And that is because of my, my work background. And for many of you, I don't know if you know, um, this is probably my first time saying this here on the podcast, but um, I used to be a branch manager for a mortgage company. And um, my specialty as a branch manager was land acquisitions. So I focused mostly on doing loans for people and companies buying land. Um, So I do have some experience when it comes to that. And we have traveled to the St. John's area Um, We even vacation sometimes in Sholo, and we just did last year, as a matter of fact. And to answer your question directly, listener, um, there is a very strong homesteading community there in St. John's. There's a lot of people, it's very, very spread out, but there are a lot of people, a significant amount of people who do homestead. And I think it's just by nature of that area, because it's so spread out. But um, you will definitely, definitely find homesteading support in that area. 
Um, just keep in mind the weather. <laughs> it does snow up there. But um, one of the things I do want to tell you, and this is not because I come from this industry, but it, it's just for your protection. When you're looking at the amount of land that you're thinking about uh, purchasing, which is a significant amount, it's it's a good amount of land. I from a as a professional, I would say, please, please, please seek the advice of a real estate agent. But know, keep in mind, not all real estate agents have specialties. For example, when I was doing mortgages, I could do a home loan just like any other loan officer could. But my specialty was land and not any loan officer could just pick up where I left off doing land, vice versa. I say it that way so that you know that not all real estate agents focus on land. Not all real estate agents know what a homesteader needs, what they're looking for. Um, We joke around, Kevin, you and I, that an acre is not an acre. So you can have 50 acres, but if, you know, I don't know, 40 of those acres is sloped rocky land and you want to have sheep and cattle and, you know, a nice head of cattle and everything, that may not be the right property for you. So these are things that you want to look for um, when you're looking for a real estate agent. Don't be afraid to interview your real estate agent. I think a lot of people miss that. They, they just think, oh, I'll just pick any real estate agent. Or people think, oh, you know, real estate agents, they're just, you know, they're just glorified home showers. No, they're not. Um, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that you don't see. Um, and in the industry, mortgage, the mortgage industry and the real estate agent, real estate um, industry, we are trained not to tell you about. We just don't. Because... I can tell you one thing. I, I if if I told you how close some deals were to not making it, if I told those people how close some deals were uh, to not making it, it would make the hair stand on the back of their neck. People would have a heart attack. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of things that they just don't say behind the scenes, and there's a lot of knowledge there that's behind the scenes. Certainly, you want to educate yourself. Like, like we said, an acre is not an acre. Walk the land. Know what your land looks like. Know what the weather is there. Know what your neighbors are like. Get to know your neighbors. So do all of your physical research and then, you know, interview your real estate agent. And if your real estate agent has experience in purchasing land for either farmland or homesteading land, go through with it. That would be my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice, and this is really directly for the person who wrote this in, you are looking at buying land in the state of Arizona. This is not political, but this is just a fact. Water is an issue in the state of Arizona. So if your real estate is, if your real estate agent is worth anything, they will know that. And they will know that water rights is 
a hot issue right now. And that that's something that you should be aware of if you're moving from out of state, from another state here to Arizona. There is a town here in Arizona that just got its water cut off. And that's because of the Colorado River being dried up and a whole bunch of other stuff going on. There's another city here in Southern Arizona that just closed off everybody. They voted to close off everybody's water rights, homesteaders, farmers, anybody, anybody and everybody. No one has water rights there. What that means is if you're on a well, you can be charged. They can cut you off. They can say, you know what? Yeah, you're on a well, but you can't use the water anymore. So know your rights, know your water rights here in the state of Arizona. Um, and basically, you know, do your due diligence and hopefully, hopefully everything goes well with your purchase. We wish you the best here. Yeah, that was a good question. Really yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so, you know, as we get more into this topic, we're talking about how to move a homestead. The season, we're talking about a lot of how-tos, right? Um, one thing that I think came to mind, um, kind of based on our experiences, um, you know, the time of year that you move. So how about this? Move off season. What do you think about that? Well, now, there, there's really, on a homestead, there's really no off season. Well, but hold your horses. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, you, you got to think about the calendar. You got to think about um, from a planning perspective, mm. right? Yeah, that's what, true. What kinds of things go on during the calendar year? For example, start with gardening, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you know, we talk about know your growing zone. I think we talked about that in the last episode, right? So um, here, what we're, you know, not planting into into the ground until at least mid-March, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then it closes off when, October? Right? Yeah, October 15. October, right? Um, so you got to think about this. There's a time to start, you know, getting ready to to plant, sow seeds and so on, but then there's a time to harvest, so based on that, you know, you got to think about this, then when is the best time for you to move? Is it going to be in the middle of when all that stuff is growing? <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, I I was just thinking that um, moving in the fall has been our experience that it's been the best time because the fall, everything kind of, you know, the gardens are shutting down. You're not, if you move into a new place in the fall, you're not going to be rushing out there to go plant a garden or go set up your gardens because the weather is starting to turn, it's starting to get cooler. And the nice thing about it is that gives you time to focus on the inside of your house, move in, get settled, put up some, you know, some, some artwork paint your walls, you know, get your, the flow of your kitchen, because let's face it, the flow of your kitchen is important. Um, and it takes time to get that down. So, you know, getting all that stuff going, and then it also affords you the opportunity to see what the land looks like when it's. I was thinking that same thing, get the, you know, not just to see the land, but you got to think about those things. Like we've talked about this, where do the shadows fall? Are there Mm -hmm. outbuildings that you have that are going to potentially throw shadows down? 
um, where you're thinking of maybe potentially putting that garden or greenhouse or whatever it is, where does the run- water run off? Does it collect? Mm-hmm. Um, where do, How does the land slope? Those types of things, right? Mm-hmm. So the more you study that, you know, you get that better idea. So you find a better ideal area for the garden. And maybe, you know, if you have um, animals, the chickens and so on, and these different things, you can, um, you can Mm -hmm. really plan that better. Right. I do have to say, um, you know, one of the things we say often on this podcast, I think it's in our intro, is that we we plan on sharing with you guys our tips, tricks, successes, and failures. And I have to say, we have now moved homesteads three times. <laughs> and, um, you know, I really have to say this last time was probably the biggest of the failures I felt. Um, and the reason why the, the, the time of year that we moved was great because it was in the fall. But it was the timing of trying to time time out how to close the gardens at our old homestead and getting everything wrapped up there. Yeah, we were talking about putting a potato clause into the contract, right? Because we had potatoes. <laughs> we did. That we're going to be um, ready for harvest, but it was almost what going to be after we moved. right? It, and so, it was sweet potatoes was actually. And so we, the contract uh, for our house, I think they started purchasing our old house in August. Was it? So, I mean, that's like right at the heart of sweet potato season. So, but the point is, is that um, I know as the mom and the cook, person, you know, who primarily does all of those things in our house. I personally, I went from a gardening situation where I could pretty much garden all year round where we lived before to this new homestead where we are currently, and you cannot garden all year round here. So it was really a difficult thing for me to try to figure out how to how to store everything, how to to can everything up mid-season and then move everything and realized that I didn't have enough stored up in the pantry to make that move so that we could continue eating off of the things that we grew. That just wasn't going to happen. And so I had to rely on the grocery store. That was the hardest thing for me to swallow. So if I had to go backwards in time and talk to myself, I would have said, you know, at the beginning of the gardening season, instead of, you know, harvesting things and, you know, just eating, fresh eating out of the gardens, which is what we were accustomed to doing since we've been homesteading. Um, instead of doing that, you know, just take everything and, you know, can it, can it, you know, you know, dehydrate it and can it and dehydrate and, and, and freeze things. That's what I would have done. Um, instead of, you know, concentrating more on the fresh eating. Yeah. Um, and then as someone who takes care of animals on the homestead, it makes me think of, um, you know, how do you move animals? So there's some things that come into play there. Um, I think the main thing to really think about is where you're moving, 
does that property have the right infrastructure in place before you move or before you buy um, animals that you're going to put onto that uh, homestead? You know, not not that we're speaking from experience or anything. Oh, no, but, we're not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, but, we've done it. We know yeah. everybody's going to do it. Right. But, you know, you're going to be guilty of, you know, buying that precious animal, whatever it is, a cow, mm-hmm. sheep, goats, mm-hmm. and you may not have all the infrastructure. Right. And and, yeah. and, and I think I've said that more <laughs> on more than one occasion. Infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. That's got to be there first before you, you know, for the first time or another time or whatever, before you get that animal or those animals that herd or that flock or whatever, right? Right. So um, here's something to think about, you know, um, how far are you moving from where you're at to where you're going? Mm-hmm. So you have a flock, you have livestock or whatever it is. Is it going to be practical for you to move said flock or the, that livestock and whatnot? Mm-hmm. If you're moving a state or several states away, is it going to be practical? Do you have the means to do that? And then you got to think of all the other things that you're moving as well and whatnot. Um, and then the infrastructure and so on. So if the infrastructure was in place, is it going to be practical for you to move hours away, days away, if it's a, you know, trip by truck and trailer or whatnot. So those are some things to um, think about as well. But, you know, you can plan, you can have things in place that you can move with you. Like, do you have um, an extra supply of things like um, welded wire, woven wire, T-posts, those types of things, because you can put up a temporary structure Mm-hmm. depending on what type of animals, you know, you're dealing with and so on. Um, and that makes sense because if you're moving, you're, we're talking about moving a homestead. So mm-hmm. this is on the premise that you've are, you, you're already homesteading where you, wherever you are, mm-hmm. probably in the suburbs, you know, you're going to have, no matter what you do, you're going to have some extra stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, the T-posts, the woven wire, you're going to have extra stakes and stuff. Don't just let that stuff convey with your house that you're selling. Take that stuff with you. Right. And, you know, as you're doing those projects, right, do buy extra because it does come in handy. So that way, when it comes to something like that, some a move or whatnot, um, you know, you'll be prepared. Um, and you know, keeping some infrastructure, that's a really good thing that'll help you to be able to have that. Um, so you'll be prepared, um, you know, wherever you're moving. Another thing that goes along with that is, you know, do you have, um, the tools, the equipment, or even the skills that you need to scale up? Now I'm saying that if you're, let's say coming from, you know, the, neighborhood tract homes and now you're getting into let's say buying acreage you're moving mm-hmm. to a grander scale mm-hmm. so do you have those tools an example um you know being in arizona let's say you have the tract home and you have the what do they call it xeriscape you have rocks you don't yeah. have a lawn right you have that kind of thing maybe except for your garden area but you know you don't have a lawn so now you're moving to an acreage and you've got maybe a lawn and field. (laughs) 
So, okay, now I need to buy a lawnmower. Oh, wait, no, I need to buy a riding lawnmower.、Mm-hmm. And what size? And so on. So, those are some things to think about as well. And of course, the last couple of years, there have been issues f- from time to time with being able to get those types of things. But those are things to think about too, as far as planning. Zero turn radius. That's all I have to say. <laughs> And if、go. you know, you know. And if, if you, you know, don't, you, know. you don't. There you go.、Um, you know, and then skills too. So、um, I think, you know, for us moving to a bigger property, you know, having the little battery operated,、um, you know, weed trimmer just doesn't, didn't work here. So, you know, getting something that's really more suited to something、uh, for the size、uh, area.、Um, You know, and then besides talking about tools and so on, skills, right? If you are not used to this, this is something that you might need to be prepared for as far as skills. If you're in the city and you move to the country, what are you going to run into? Predators. Predators. Probably a lot more so,、mm-hmm. you know, than you did in the past. So, how do you protect your homestead from predators?、Mm-hmm. You know, Um, here in Arizona, we have snakes of different sizes, let's just say. We have all kinds of s n a k e s We have all kinds.、Now. And especially rattlesnakes. So it's pretty scary. Yes. We've had, you know, we've had some of the smaller ones like the、um, garden snakes and so on, but rattlesnakes. King snakes. King snakes. King、mm-hmm. snakes, yeah.、Uh, the smaller ones. But,、um, you know, that, that's been a good learning experience too. So you've got to educate yourself. What do you do?、Um, Are there tools or whatnot that you need to, to get,、um, skills that you need to develop to be able to protect yourself, your family, your animals, your livestock, and so on?、Mm-hmm. And along with that, then when it comes to things like livestock, how do you properly set up your fencing to、mm. um, protect them from predators, right? Super important. So, you know, I can't speak to every single different kind of landscape, you know, even here in the United States. But just as an example, you know, we've had to deal with coyotes in the area. Oh, we have them right, right in back of us.、Yeah. So they can jump. And they come on property all the yeah, time. They can、mm-hmm. jump even, you know, a four foot fence, five foot fence, six foot fence, and, and whatnot. So、mm-hmm. that's not going to do it. But if you have multiple layers of fencing, for example, like if you have,、um, Think of like a box and then a bigger box around it. Those、mm-hmm. coyotes will look at that and say, Oh, I'm not going to do that because、yeah, it's, it's too much. It.、Mm-hmm. So, you know, things like that.、Um, and that's a way you can help protect your family and your livestock and, and so on. And then the financial cushion. You、mm-hmm. need to be able to have the finances to scale up. Right. So if you're just moving on to a property, this goes back to. You know, if, if, you're, if you're buying a property cash, this, you know, it, this applies to you as well. If you're you know, getting a, a loan for you know, a mortgage for your property, this applies to you as well.、Mm-hmm. But you need to have some cushion.、Mm-hmm. So if you're getting a mortgage, for example, for your next property, make sure that the sale of your current existing home. Gives you some cushion. So that way, not all of your money is being put into the new property, into your down payment for your new property. Give yourself some cushion when you are scaling up. 
Yeah. Either have it already in the bank or make that happen in the transaction. Mm-hmm. Talk to your real estate agent, primarily talk to your lender about that if you're going the route of a mortgage loan. Because if you don't have, you, you know, you may have the perfect property, but if you don't have the financial means to get all of the equipment, to get that zero turn radius, <laughs> um, you know, that zero turn radius lawnmower, or you don't have the, the ability to, you know, put up fencing, whatever type of fencing that you need for your property, for your situation, you don't have the financial means to do that. It's going to be very difficult to do things the right way. You're going to always be in this cycle of broke fix, broke fix, broke fix. And eventually that's just going to make you run out of money even more. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, something that goes along with the financial cushion and so on too is I know we really learned a lot from uh, hearing experiences of other homesteaders that really made an impact on us too. And that's get out of debt. Oh goodness. Avoid yes. getting into debt where you can. You know, sometimes it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe you see for a short period of time you you can do it but then pay it off right away. But the more you can do that, the more you have available when it comes to something like that. You move and then oh okay so i know what are riding mowers or at least 2000 or whatnot right so you know there's equipment or whatever um you know if you're moving to a property where there's no fencing mm-hmm. and you've got animals and so on so that's going to be something that if you have to hire somebody unless you're going to do it yourself there's going to be some costs involved and you might need to do boom 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 a few things right away right so mm-hmm. basically the less you know if you can get out of a car payment or car payments. Right. Get out of the ten dollar, fifteen dollar coffee. What a what a coffee is. Co- I don't know. We don't really do the. We don't. You know, no. five bucks. <laughs> um, um, we do anymore. the free coffee at home. The free coffee, right? Mostly, <laughs> yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, get out of the eating out. You know, mm-hmm. right. Um, besides the fact that that food's not good for you anyway, but you know, the more you do that, you have more available, um, and that will help you to be able to um, put into your homestead. So, Right. And just to clarify, when we talk about debt, we're talking about the car payments, credit cards, student loans, you know, other personal loans, things like that. Mm-hmm. Get out of that stuff mm-hmm. as soon as you possibly can. Yep. Yep. You know, mortgage loan, that may be something that you have to have. But, mm-hmm. you know, and that's for each and yeah. every, I know Dave Ramsey is not going to, approve of what I'm saying, but you know, that's for each and every person to decide, Mm -hmm. you know, on your own, but by all means do whatever you can to get out of those unnecessary debts. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. He, I know he talks about things like a debt snowball and so Mm -hmm. on, but which is great. That helped us out. Yeah. It helped us out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can look at pay the highest interest or whatever, but you Mm -hmm. know, you just attack something. And then once you pay it off, you go, oh, I have that much extra months. So you take that and you put it toward the next thing. And yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, before you know it. So it feels good. And then it's freeing. And then, you know, you have those resources available. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think those that's, that's a good tip too. Yeah. 
But yeah. Well, that is it. I think that's it, right? That's it for I us. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, like we said, we'll be getting to more home, or, or excuse me, more uh, how-tos this season. Exactly. And we, and just uh, so the listeners know, we will be getting into this topic that this listener had written in. We'll be getting into that a lot more, in a lot more detail um, as we go through the season Um, We've got some interesting interviews coming up for you guys. So we're super excited about that. And one of those interviews has to do everything with this question that this person wrote. Sounds good. So again, we are so thankful that you took the time to listen to us. Mm -hmm. Be sure to visit our website, thetwoacrehomestead.com. Check out our link there for YouTube and the Instagram. (laughs) And as always... Stay safe out there and happy homesteading.